This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio. Preview podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans. For Palace fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. I am your host, Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk, and it is time for your weekly dose of Crystal Palace misery. This week, Nick Philpott and Tim Warren offer up their thoughts on the opening training session that took place at Sellers Park, Palace's transfer links, the toilets at Sellers Park, and of course, all things Liverpool versus Palace, including the view from the opposition fan, which is Fazan from the Cop Table this week. Before all of that, head over to holradio.net forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast. Yes, welcome ladies and gentlemen. We are here for um, the post, whatever that was on the opening day of the season. (laughs) Um, laughing in the background there, you of course have Mr. Nick Philpot. Welcome, sir. Good evening, everybody. And um, Tim Warren joins us for the first time this season, the Marathon Man. Welcome, sir. Good evening. Good evening. So, um, are we sufficiently recovered from the weekend yet, Nick? What the hell was all that about? Where did that come from? I mean, <laughs> in, in nobody's wildest dreams, nobody was stupid enough to predict anything like that. And I thought, what am I watching? And then we'll talk about it later. Mr. McNamara we had on from Huddersfield from the Terrier blog last week um, boldly predicted a 2-0 win for Huddersfield. (laughs) Um, But I said I'd take him out for a drink if they won 2-0 after the game, but um, they won 3-0 so he can stick the drink up his arse. (laughs) (laughs) I I saw your exchange on Twitter or whatever it was. That was so nice. Such a gentleman you are, aren't you? (laughs) um unfortunately uh if i have any connection problems or anything like that i am in bordeaux um well i'm actually in parentis and bond which is um, a little bit outside bordeaux right in the south of france and um i therefore missed the training session uh the open training session which i was a little bit gutted about i'd love to have seen that but um mr philpot i saw that you were there some post online um how did you find it i I was there actually i thought it was really interesting it's a 
it's an unusual thing for Palace to do. I don't think, I don't recall them ever doing anything like that before. And it was quite amusing because when they all first came out to the pitch, and there was probably about three, four hundred people there, maybe five hundred people there in the Arthur Wait, and they made their way very apologetically over to the Arthur Wait stands and gave everybody a clap because they're probably thinking, "What the hell are this lot doing here after what we served up from at the weekend?" But they did. They came over uh, and. In fairness to all the management, the staff, everybody connected with the club, not just at the beginning, but right at the end, they stayed for hours, all of them, signing autographs, taking photographs. The whole line of the first team and everybody connected with the club just stood there. And and if you wanted a selfie with the manager, you got a selfie with the manager and that sort of stuff. And they were really, really good. Um, It was a very interesting experience watching them, what they do in their day-to-day training session. And, you know, bearing in mind, they're not wearing things like shin pads or anything like that. They don't hold back in training. They they give it a right old good going. There's a couple of (laughs) schlup, can you believe it? Um, Schlup and soiree. Okay. They had a a real coming together yesterday. This is Papa Soiree I'm talking about. Okay, he was in the training session and he got clattered. Got clattered a couple of times. But it's fine. Well, yeah, I mean, you need to get up. If you're going to get up to speed, you need to get up to speed. And there's no point if you can't take it in training, you're not going to be able to be 100% on the field. Um, and it's interesting, the training session was obviously announced with the they probably thought that, you know, we'll turn Huddersfield over. It will be a feel-good session and um, <laughs> everyone can, you know, bond between the fans and the players and the new management and stuff there. So I'm not surprised they um, stayed behind and got got everyone to um, take pictures of them and stuff. But um, obviously, Tim, you have a real job, so you weren't at the training session. So um. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And to be honest with you, I could think of nothing worse after Saturday. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I, I did think about taking a day off work, but um, no, in the end, um, I decided uh, against it. Yeah. Was um, Nick, was there anyone booing when they were practicing passing back to Hennessy? Uh, and no, they weren't. But the, the thing that we were all talking about, I've got to tell you a quick anecdote from yesterday. Uh, he was making some great saves yesterday. He was playing really, in fact, I'll be honest with you, he played in goal better than uh, Speroni did. But right at the very end of the uh, the signing session, I'm standing against uh, next to some bloke that I don't know, right at the front of the Arthur Wait, and all the players one by one are coming along and signing all the autographs. You know, some woman handed Wayne Hennessy a, ba- a baby to hold, and this bloke and I, who I'd never met before, both said to each other, Civil Tony, I hope we don't frigging drop it. <laughs> <laughs> And there's absolutely true story. Really happy just the afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel a bit sorry for Wayne as it is at the moment. He's been taking a lot of abuse on Twitter, and um, I, I think it was um, Rob Sutherland posting up a screenshot of all the sort of abuse he's been getting. And um, you know, Chris Grierson waded in and talked about how nice Wayne Hennessy is off the pitch, and it's a bit. Um, you know, we probably all do go over the top. I'm sure we're guilty of it on here of giving him a load of abuse. But um... and we are tell, and we are. And I'm going to also tell you another story because you can tell it's getting to him. And again, something else I witnessed yesterday: a little, he was signing an autograph for a little seven or eight year old lad, uh, and he said to this little eight year old kid, he said, "What do you think I could do better?" Then he said, "To make the results better." This is what he said to the little boy. The little boy looked at him and said, "Stop letting the goals in, mate." <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Um, but then, obviously, we've been um, 
linked with a few goalkeepers. I got some abuse on Twitter last week for my pronunciation of um, <laughs> Yerion Zoet from um, PSV. Um, apparently, I said Jerion. Um, learning German, I should know that that J is a bit softer, but there you go. Well, and good I'm luck not with being... this one. Yeah, I'm not being helped out this week by um, Greek Greek goalkeeper from Udinese called Oristis Karanis, Karanesis, I'd assume that is. Um, Tim, do you know anything about this lad? Um, well, to be honest, at the moment, Terence, I'd put you in goal. Which... <laughs> well, hang on, that's an upgrade. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen you play, don't forget. Um, to be honest, I, I agree with exactly what you've just said. I don't like digging players out either. Um, I know the human beings at the end of the day. Uh, I've got nothing against Wayne personally, but we, we definitely need a change back there, um, especially if we're going to stick with this new style of football. I mean, Saturday, he was so so awkward uh, and not comfortable. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, I'm willing to take a chance really and, and get someone else in. I just think we need a change there, whoever that may be. Yeah, I think you're right. It's definitely, he's confident, same shot. Now he's, it's been shot for a while and now he's being asked to play with his feet, which he's clearly not comfortable with. And um, this, this keeper we're linked with, apparently oh, he's played 42 times for Greece, 188 yeah. first team appearances uh, between Panathinaikos, Granada and Udinese. But the thing that concerns me about him is his age. He's 32. Hmm. Yeah, but goalkeepers tend to peak later in their careers and so on. So I don't necessarily think that age is a big problem there. If it's going to be a goalkeeper that can come in, feel confident playing in top flight divisions as he has been there at a higher level, then, you know, um, if anything to just sort of give us some confidence in between that back line. And um, it's even then, that you're so I'm about to move into Kevin Vimmer being linked from Spurs. And... Um, you know, once again, you can add another good centre back in there, and if the confidence is not there behind, then you know what. How well were they going to gel with the rest of the pack that's there? And um, I don't know. Do you know much about Kevin Fimmer, uh, Nick? No, very little. Um, I haven't done any research on him. What about you, Timbo? Do you know anything about him? Uh, I've done a bit of research on him. I mean, he's a decent age for a start, isn't he? He's 24 years old, um, and he's got quite a bit of experience with Austria in terms of playing. You know, going up through the ranks. Um, with the the youth teams, you know, under 17s, under 18s, etc. Uh, it just sounds like at, at Spurs, he's just not been given that chance. He's come in when um, there's been injuries, but never really mm. kind of held down a place. Um, yeah. So he sounds just like the kind of player we need, really, a hungry player that that needs to impress in the Premier League. So I think it'd be a great signing. Yeah, well, with that central defence at Spurs, if there's not injuries, it's going to be hard to break into it because they are pretty well gelled and very very good in there. Um, <laughs> I didn't realise this. Last season, we were voted to have the best female toilets in the Premier League. Um, two female Stoke fans, I believe it was, um, went to every ground and rated the toilets. And we were the only ones to receive a 10 out of 10. Um, but really? this is bad. Yeah, in, in the, apparently so, in the um, Arthur Waite at the away fans. Um, and it's led to this article um, from the Huddersfield Inquirer saying, uh, talking about uh, the women's toilets in the um, in the alpha weight and saying that some of them had to queue up for the men's toilets because as nice as the women's toilets are, there isn't um, enough cubicles for them in there. But the fact that this has become an article just made me laugh. And especially when I got to the line that said, one woman fan who asked not to be named <laughs> noted that a lot of female fans ended up in the queue at the gents at Sellers Park because their own queue was too long. She said they were clean and modern, but there weren't enough of them. 
The gents had urinals and cubicles, because why would we need both? Uh, and their queue was going down quickly, <laughs> whereas the ladies wasn't. Lots of ladies started queuing for the gents. And there were a few comments from the blokes, but what were we supposed to do? And um, that, that did make me laugh, that did. But there you go, 10 out of 10 toilets for the women in the OANs. So um, that makes up for the big television thing that blocks your view of you in the last 30 rows, I think. <laughs> clean and modern, uh, though. Clean and modern clean. at Palace. Well, I was, in the Arthur, I was in the Arthur Waite toilets only yesterday. The men's are hazing toilet, not the women's. Okay. And something's never changed. I haven't been in the Arthur Waite for about four years. And it's never changed. It's, they're still pretty ranking there. And they're, they're saying they're quite happy to queue up to go into the men's cubicles. Really? Well, the Stoke women who give it a 10 out of 10 said it was modern, felt like a hotel, and <laughs> smelled fresh. So I'll do, I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, it probably does to somebody from Stoke, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's yeah, why yeah. it's been so long in there, isn't it? <laughs> It's been too long in there because they're too nice. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And um, just one final note to end on before we get into the um, preview is um, important information for travelling fans at Anfield. And this is a quote from their um, liaison, fan liaison person. Obviously, supporters have their own match day routines and rituals. And as a club, we wouldn't want to impinge on those. But the one thing we would ask is for fans to arrive at Anfield early. Ideally, that would mean getting to the stadium at least 45 minutes before kickoff to allow sufficient time to get to their seats and enjoy the build-up to our first home game of the season. As ever, there will be security checks on the way to the stadium and we would urge fans not to bring large bags with them because they will not be allowed into the ground. Anyone carrying personal bag should be expected to be searched and tagged on entry. The security steps that we are taking in the interest of everyone who attends the games at Anfield. So we would ask that supporters are patient as we go through the necessary procedures. So just a little heads up to all of you travelling up to Anfield on Saturday that you are likely to face increased security checks on the door. So try and be patient and have a bit of banter with the Scouse um, security guards on there. Right, um, we'll head off to a short jingle. And after that, we will be back with the preview of the Liverpool game. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. <sighs> Wilfred Saha supposedly being out for four weeks. Um, Tim, did you enjoy the treatment that Huddersfield dished out to him in that first half? Not at all. I mean, he, it was from the first minute, wasn't it? He got kicked about. And um, as usual, referee Moss, I think it was at the weekend, it, it just wasn't interested. Um, it's going to be a long, hard season if that's going to continue um, with, with little protection like that. Um, and I'm sure it's not just us. I'm sure Hazard at Chelsea gets similar treatment. But it's just it's just ridiculous that there's no protection, really. Yeah, well, Hazard's more likely to get a bit more protection because he plays at Chelsea. <laughs> um, and I got really frustrated with this, Nick, when he was kicked for the third time by the same player. And because Zaha ended up, you know, mouthing off like he likes to do sometimes, the referee pulled Pungent over, pulled Zaha over and had a big word with him. But, you know, it's, he's already been clattered three times from behind. Do you, do you think they were particular, specifically out to injure him? I think it was a game plan. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty certain, as Tim quite rightly just said, it's going to be a long season because I think it is their game. Yeah, not just Huddersfield, but they obviously had, they obviously had done their homework on him. And we've, we've spoken about it how many times last season. You know, they were, you know, they're out to, yeah, I'll go further than that. They're out to injure him. I mean, they're going out to hurt the player. And for Moss to then pull over the captain and Zaha, when you're quite right to know that he, he got smacked at least three times at that point. 
all we ask for is from the referees is a bit of consistency, isn't it? And it's it, they're consistency consistently crap. I'm sorry. Mm. So uh, we obviously have to look to who we replace him with, and I guess the options are. I, w- I would say Sally Kai Kai obviously made a scoring comeback after injury in the under twenty three games, but it might be a step too far for him. Obviously, Jason Lakilo has been seeing a lot of action in preseason, um, and we've got Chung Young Lee who could play in that role, and Jeffrey Schlapp. Tim, who who would you be your preference in there to replace him? Well, assuming Townsend starts on the right. Um, mm. I suppose I'd go Schlupp um, for just a bit more experience. I mean, after that defeat Saturday, I'm not sure we can experiment too much um, with the youth, really. Yeah, I think it's going to be very important that we replace Zaha's pace on the break because we know that that's caused Liverpool all sorts of problems down the years that we've down the recent years that we've played them. So um, I think Schlupp would also be my preference as well. Um, you going to opt for anything else, Nick? Yeah, well, I'm just going to refer back to yesterday, if you don't mind. Um, the two best players out on Sellers Park yesterday afternoon were um, Chong Yung Lee and Sully Kai Kai. Sully Kai Kai, I saw yesterday for the first time. I hadn't noticed it before, but he has got a rocket of a shot on him. And he scored a couple of absolute worldies. And, and he's got a great pace as well. So if anybody can replace um, Will for, for the next couple of weeks, I was I'll maybe give Kaikai a shout. Very interesting. And um, obviously, we'll see what Frank the Boar does on Saturday. Um, moving back down the field a little bit, uh, Patrick O'Connor on the, rev- on the review show called Scott Dan a failure to football <laughs> <laughs> after the Huddersfield game, which <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. if it was harsh or not. Um, <laughs> uh, do you, Tim, do you, did Scott Dan get replaced for you this weekend? Was th- that game that bad? Or is it, you know, you've got to give him time to get used to the back three and understand playing, you know, alongside what are obviously two new centre-backs? I, I, I know Dan struggled at times Saturday, but I, I think there was other moments where he looked pretty good as well. Um, a couple of bits of skill that he did when he was um, bringing the ball down and the couple of times he did get it knocked out to the right player. Um, but the thing is, I mean, at the end of last season, Tompkins was was flying. So there's obviously a reason why Tompkins hasn't come in into that back three initially. Something that we're not seeing, perhaps. Um, but no reason why not to bring Tompkins in. Um, but it's just a bit strange why, you know, after the end of last season, Tompkins hasn't really featured too much yet. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, it seemed... Um... It was a devastating when Tompkins picked up that injury, which was at Anfield last season. Um, Guzrich, was it? That dirty little um, yeah. rat who also kicked Zaha in pre-season over in Hong Kong, um, took Tompkins out. And it, it seemed like a big deal at the time that it was going to stutter our momentum. And I suppose it did a little bit. Um, but I don't know if you're going to look towards uh, Fosu Menson, Nick. Do you think uh, he showed enough to play in a right wing-back position um, and replace the Joe Wald, Wald, who obviously looks uncomfortable on the right against Huddersfield, or do you stick, do you stick with Fosley Mensah at the back? No, I mean, two highlights from the weekend were, were Fosley Mensah and Loftus-Cheek, obviously. I think I would leave Fosley Mensah at the back. Um, the, only, the only thing I would say about what you were just talking about with Scott Dan was don't forget, for the back end of last season, he was out injured. So if there's one person in, in the team that isn't match fit, okay, and he's properly match fit, I know they're all a little bit rusty, but he'll be more rusty than the others because he was out for so long towards the back end of the season. But no, I'd leave, I'd leave Fosley Mensah at the back. Okay, so 
we, I think we've broadly agreed that we stick with the back three that we had against Huddersfield, regardless of conceding the three goals. But uh, do you think De Boer is going to stick with the back three, Tim? Do you do you see him? You know, I've I've spoke about it at length before when De Boer joined joined the club, and I said that he's going to have struggles in. You know, making the Crystal Palace fans appreciate a back three, we we're very, very, you know, it's ingrained in our brains that you know we play a direct, fast, counter-attacking through the flank style of football with a back four, and to have this sort of slow, methodical build-up with a back three, he realised after 25 minutes when the crowd were already turning on the style and booing, when the ball was being passed back to Hennessy or passed to Shorts of Riedewald, that. Um, you know, it's going to be a difficult sell for him at Sellers Park. So, do you think he'll he'll see that and move to a back four and try and work around the back four? Or do you think he's going to stick to his guns and carry on as he goes? I think he's going to stick to his guns. But what what I'd like to see is perhaps a bit more of a subtle change because it's such a change in formation for us. I just don't understand why we can't. You know, I'm all for possession football, but let's do it in the right end of the pitch. Um, I mean, I remember when. And um, Wilf used to take players on at Aaron Corner Flag and lose the ball. And we used to say, you know, do it further up the pitch, which he now does. Um, and mm. I just think we'd, we're needlessly passing around sometimes when that's fine in the right areas. But for me personally, passing at the back for the sake of it, just going sort of square and backwards is, I, I mean, in time when we're more confident, um, fair enough. But I think at the moment we just need to be a bit more subtle about it and, and you know, kind of mould into that change rather than do it straight away. Well, I think you're definitely right when you're looking at um, a trip to Anfield, for example, where you know we've been very successful in recent seasons in soaking up Liverpool's pressure and hitting them where they're weak, which is in their full-back positions and defensively getting crosses into the box. Um, and I think De Boer would be very, very silly not to look back at our recent wins there. And I think it's clear to see already from this season that not much has changed about Liverpool. They're going to continue to play the way that they have been playing on the clock. So we can still hurt them in those areas, obviously. We'll be struggling a little bit more um, this coming Saturday without Zaha. But um, yeah, I, I think you're right. We should be trying to get the- Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ball forward a little bit faster. Um, and he did say that it becomes a five when you're under pressure or you're playing away at bigger games. So it'll be um, interesting to see how we adapt to that. And it, that will be a similar formation to what we went to Liverpool and got a result with last season um, when we certainly played five across the back with Allardyce in charge. Um in terms of keeping the possession, uh, I think what was clear on the weekend was Jason Punchin obviously had a, a very difficult game yep. in the centre of the park, is me putting it politely, and you all know that I'm a big Jason Punchin fan. Um, and when, you know, 
it was clear to see when uh, Loftus Cheek dropped back deeper into that position, replacing Milivojevic, that you know he came into a league of his own. You know he's he's been used to playing in the Chelsea setup in, in the background, training with people who know how to deal with a higher press and how to play around a higher press. And he was the only one in there who was able to get around Huddersfield's style of play. So do you think Jason Punchen is is ready for this formation, Nick? Or do you, do you think that he should be dropped? How, how are you feeling about the captain? I think he's in for a little bit, but a, a lot of it depends on who's fit, by the way. Okay, I think Punchen, uh, if Kabai is fit, and Kabai did play for the under-23s the other day, and if he's ready and he's and he's going to come back, I think Punchen potentially could be dropped. And um, and you're quite right that he would, uh, it'll be then Punchen uh, playing alongside Loftus Cheek with uh, Milivojevic slightly behind him, and I think it will be that would be a decent lineup. Um, I think Prunch has got himself a little bit of a problem. I really do. Yeah. I mean, even yesterday, even yesterday, sorry to keep referring to yesterday, but even yesterday, there, there were, he, he was doing okay, but there was a certain element of the reverse pass back to the defence and lots of arm pointing um, that's been alluded to on a couple of our shows. I, there's something not right. There's something awry with Jason Punch at the moment. And I honestly feel if Kabai is ready to go, He'll come. He'll come in for punch on the weekend. Yeah, but that's. I think it's also fair to say that Milivojevic struggled on Saturday as well, and um, he was very lax with his passing at points. And if Kabaya is fit to play, is it a straight shootout between him and Punch and Tim, or do you think that Milivojevic is going to struggle to keep his place after his performance? Well, he's been hindered a little bit as well by playing further back in the in the preseason friendlies. So he's probably a little bit of that sorts himself. Um, but I kind of agree with Nick to a degree that if all the midfielders are fit, then um, Punchin probably drops out the team, um, which seems harsh and he's the captain. And obviously he's still got a role to play in the squad. Um, and all the time that players aren't all fit, then obviously he, he will get games. But I do think once everyone's fit and ready to play, Punchin could be the one to be dropped. Yeah, yep. but it will be interesting to see if maybe... The Boer looks back in Punchin's career and sees that he used to play as a winger and maybe moves further up the field and um, he replaces Zaha instead. But um, I think that will be a further stretch than perhaps him being dropped. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see how he handles that one. Anyway, um, we'll end that chat there. And next up, we are going to be joined by Fazan from the Cop Table podcast. Homesdale Radio, preview podcast, crowdfunded by Palace fans, for Palace fans. Right, it's now time that we are joined by our opposition fan. And this week we have Fazan from the Cop Table podcast. Well, thank you for joining us, sir. No problem. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, a mixed bag start to the season for you guys with the draw at, Wat- at Watford and um, obviously the win at Hoffenheim in the Champions League qualifiers. Um, uh, how you feel about your start to the season and how pre-season went on top of that? Um, it's an interesting one. Uh, you know, pre-season was really good. Uh, I think, you know, apart from a defeat against Atletico on penalties and a draw against Wigan, we won every single game. Um, they were very exciting um, young prospects coming through, uh, the likes of Ryan Kent, uh, Marco Grigic, who's been with us for a year now. Um, Mo Salah was really good during preseason, uh, almost scored in every game. Um, and Dominic Solanke was, you know, uh, uh, a really good signing by the looks of it. Definitely has an eye for goal. Um, I think the draw at Watford was definitely an eye-opener. 
Um, you know, have, we haven't sorted out our defensive frailties over the summer. Um, you know, when we when we first uh, started talking about transfers back in May, apparently there was a 200 million war chest. Um, and, you know, the owners have failed to deliver on that so far. Um, so it has been a mixed start to the season. There was a lot of negativity surrounding um, the club following the draw at Watford. Um, yesterday's win was huge against Hoffenheim, you know, much needed. Uh, massive, massive boost to the club, especially with the Coutinho stuff going on. Um, so hopefully things things get better. Mm, yeah, well, you touched on there your defence um, obviously continuing to be a problem. And obviously we had big Mamu Sako uh, on loan with us at the end of last season and he did a sterling job. Do you th- um, are you happy with Klopp continuing to just keep him in the cold or do you think that Sako could do a job in the no, cold? I mean, I mean... I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm a huge Klopp fan, and I think Klopp is the superstar at Liverpool at the moment. Uh, but you know, if you if you go through, um, you know, a lot of uh, Liverpool fans, they'll be honest with you and say that Sarko would be in contention to start for Liverpool if he didn't have this rift with Klopp. Um, in my personal opinion, I think he's the best centre back at the club. You know, um, his defensive qualities were on show at Crystal Palace last year. I think he played maybe eight games for Crystal Palace, mm. and you know, was in contention for Player of the Year. Um, just goes to show, you know, the, the, the character and defensive qualities he has. Um, it is really, really um, saddening that, you know, Klopp has this um, beef with Sarko. Um, I think if if Sarko was um, in the squad and playing regularly, then there wouldn't be as much need for Van Dyke. You know, I'm not saying that we need to, um, you know, not sign defensive options, but, you know, Definitely, he's the pain that we haven't signed anyone yet if Saka was playing regularly. Mm. I think um, from the outside, Van Dyke looks like the perfect fit for Liverpool in terms of having pace, being big and powerful. Um, you struggle from set pieces, he puts that height into the middle of the box for you, and so on. Yeah, I mean, Terence, the set pieces thing has been a problem for a long time. Um, I'm, I'm in agreement with you know a lot of, a lot of other Liverpool fans that. Uh, Van Dyke would not solve that problem overnight. It's the way we set up. Um, it's, the, it's the lack of height in the team as well. Um, the lack of physicality within the box. Uh, yes, Van Dyke will certainly help, and he is a magnet in the box. Uh, but I, th- I think you know we, we definitely need to work on the training pitch uh, on set pieces. Van Dyke isn't the solution. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a huge concern, especially with you know um, Ben Teke um, on Saturday. Um, he's got a good record against us at Anfield, so you know, definitely a huge concern. Yeah, um, you don't need to tell us about set pieces. There's only one team that's conceded more than Liverpool since Klopp took over, and um, that would be us. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's really surprising with with the you know um, with the height you have in the defence. So mm. it's it's a weird one because I think you know most of the time, especially um, the way the media portray it, you know what what constitutes a set piece? Is it is it a corner? Is it um, free kicks as well? Direct free kicks, penalties, or is it just corners and wide free kicks? Um, you know, um, I know as as a fact, you know, Liverpool as, as as soon as there's a wide free kick or there's a chance to put the ball in the box, you know, my heart's pounding. It's as good as a penalty against us at the moment because we're just so bad at defending them. Um, even last night against Hoffenheim, you know, in the in injury time, they, they had they had a wide free kick, and you know, uh, a player had a clear header in the box that just went over the bar. It's it's just absolutely awful. Mm. Well, you talk about um, direct free kicks from in and around the area. Um, obviously, Philip Coutinho scored um, a cracking one against Palace last season. 
and uh, free kicks from that sort of range for like a penalty against us with Wayne Hennessy in goal as well. But um, that saga has obviously been rolling on. Uh, can you see him being a Liverpool player at the end of the window? Um, it's an interesting one. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a part of the Anfield press, so I write for them. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone's in general agreement that um, if he was to stay, he would give it his all. Um, it's been it's a World Cup year. You know, he'd have to perform for Liverpool. There's a lot of similarities to the Suarez saga. And, you know, Suarez gave Liverpool an extra year and performed performed his best. Um, so, um, it's, it's, I, I don't know, because I think that Klopp is quite a stubborn manager. Um, you know, Sarko, for example. Um, otherwise, Sarko would be in the team. So, the report's coming out that Coutinho has a problem with Klopp and, you know, the style of play and being played out of position or in various positions. I don't think that would have, you know, sat too well with Klopp. Um so I, I, I'm not too sure, to be honest. But to be honest, I think that we're in a position now that if we if we had made some signings, um, you know, the likes of Naby Keita, Virgil Van Dijk, and maybe one or two others, then we would be in um, a position where we could say, you know, we'll take 120 million, 130 million for Coutinho. But the fact that you know there's not been much um, added to the squad over the summer. You know, it would just be a massive blow so close to the end of the end, to the end of the transfer window. Mm. So, in terms of a Saturday, do you think um, Palace have any chance of coming up against Cortino, or do you think it's going to be the front three of Salah, Mane, and Firmino? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think Coutinho will play. Um, I, I don't think Coutinho will play for Liverpool um, unless you know the transfer window is shut and he's still a Liverpool player. Um, but I just don't think mentally he'll be right, and I don't think he'll be fair on the rest of the squad in all honesty. And, you know, to be honest, our problems aren't going forward. Um, it's just defensively. And that's midfield included. We don't have a uh, a midfielder who's got that natural instinct to defend or to cover our fullbacks when they bomb forward or, you know, to provide protection to our centre-backs. Um, so, I, you know, I mean, going forward, we, we look absolutely fine. Firmino, Mane and Salah, um, you know, they've got, they've got a lot of goals in them, a lot of creativity and pace in that front three. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's the other end of the pinch, pitch. That's the worry. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not too, too fast if Coutinho plays on Saturday or not. The worry would be if we, if we were to keep him and he wouldn't play. Um, you know, that's that's a very um, high-profile player to, yeah. to have exiled. Mm, indeed um, and obviously uh, Palace will be looking for a fourth win in a row at Anfield which is quite astounding really as a stat and uh, I don't think anyone yeah, I think they'll ever be the done first it. team. In the yeah. Premier League era, for that's for sure. Yeah, I think you have to go back somewhere into the early 1900s to find a team that's done it since then, and that's obviously not the Liverpool as we know it today. So, um, how do you feel when uh, Palace comes to sell us? Is it is it always a worry for you guys? Is, do we feel like a big bogey team? Uh, sorry, I mean, to Anfield, obviously. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, um, I, I think Palace are in a dilemma at the moment themselves. Uh, with Frank DeBoer trying to change the style of play. Um, if Sam Allardyce was still manager, I'd be I'd be a lot more worried. Uh, but you know, if if Chris if Crystal Palace come to Anfield and try to play football against us, then they'll have a massive problem defensively as well. Um, you know, with teams that play against Liverpool, we tend to pick them off and create the you know pockets of space um, and loads of chances to score. Uh, obviously, you know the, the the counter argument is if you put the ball in the box against Liverpool, um, we will we do struggle. And you know, having Benteke as that target man um, is obviously a threat. But 
I think the loss of Zaha will just be too much for Palace to overcome. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Liverpool win, but you know, um, I've been a Liverpool fan long enough to know that it's never easy. <laughs> yeah, well, you said there, um, I think it's evident in Klopp's record against the top four, as it were, um, is very, very good. And I think it will be a mistake to come and try and play against you there. And I hope that we sort of, for the weekend, revert back to a sort of style that we've you would expect from a Crystal Palace team to sort of hit on the counter and hit early into Benteke and so on. But um, given all yeah, that, I mean, your... the... go on. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say. I mean, there's no shame in that whatsoever. The blueprint last mm. year for you know the, the the clubs to play against Liverpool was sit back and hit us on the counter, or wait for a set piece, mm. and you know work for the likes of um, Hull, Sunderland, Wolves. Um, you know, it's it's mm. it's the way you play against Liverpool. I mean, even uh, when Mourinho came to Anfield last year, when we were you know uh, really in real real good form, um, he, he just put eleven men behind the wall. Um, and he, you know, he got a draw out of it. So I don't think there's any shame in doing that to get to get the result. I'm just not sure that's Frank de Boer's style of play. No, I don't think it is either. But we, um, we're very all very interested at Palace's end to see how he um, sets up on Saturday. But um, we always end with a prediction from our opposition fans. So Fazan, what do you think the score is going to be? Oh, I'm going for a three-one Liverpool win. 3-1 Liverpool win. That is a very, very popular choice uh, that we've had through on Twitter and stuff. Fazan, thank you so much for joining us, sir. It was um, really, really insightful and um, good luck for the season, and, but obviously not on the weekend. <laughs> Thanks very much and thank you for having me. No worries. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans. Okay, so now it's time for us to do some predictions. <laughs> mm, last week's predictions weren't, um, well, they were of typical whole radio preview podcast <laughs> quality. <laughs> With um, Jack Watson going for 3-1 to Palace, uh, Nick Philpot going for 3-0 to Palace, and me going for 1-0. And obviously, as we said higher up in the show, uh, the opposition fan said 2-0 and is the only, per- the only person to claim any points <laughs> from last week. Um, we've had some listener predictions in and um, we're off of Facebook this week we're, we're moving away from Twitter this week we've got um, Todor Radnev um, has gone for 3-1 to Liverpool but he's obviously hoping that he is wrong Tim Green um, head says Mane and Salah's pace combined with a loss at C back 3 equals a scoreline's arrival to the famous 9-0 um, I certainly hope that's not the case um, Richard Richard Jude Lake has also gone for 3-1 to Liverpool he can't see anything else uh, Dan Simmons says 1-0 Palace Benteke um, and heading into our illustrious Homesdale Radio um, panel Mr Alex White and Patrick O'Connor have also plumped for a 3-1 to Liverpool DR's gone 1-1 Lucy White's gone 2-1 Palace and Nick Gusset's gone 2-0 Palace. Called out very confident. As um, producer Mikey said, you're way too confident and has predicted a 2-0 win for Liverpool. Um, the Facebook poll also says Liverpool win, as does the Twitter poll with 65% saying a Liverpool win and 24% a Palace win. Tim, what, what, what are you feeling for this Saturday? Are we, um, we going to turn the, the mini form book on his head? I was so confident last week. Um, but like our players on the bat line, I'm a bit drained of confidence at the moment. So I'd love to be proved wrong, but I fear we're going to lose 3-0. I just think losing Wilf is so crucial. Um, and I hope I'm wrong. I really do hope I'm proved wrong, but I can't see anything other than defeat this weekend. Mm. And what about you, Mr. Philbot? 
Yeah, similarly, I think, well, the central back three need to play better. Uh, let's hope they use the wing backs a little bit better and they sit a bit deeper because one thing Liverpool have got is good pace, although they are vulnerable at the back. So I'm actually going to go like Tim, but I'm going to go with a 2-1 victory to Liverpool. And again, like Tim, uh, a Benteke header for our single goal. Hmm, OK. Uh... So what am I supposed to do here? Am I supposed to pick a <laughs> predict a loss? <laughs> Absolute banging. You can go with a nine nil if you like. No, um, I don't think it's going to be. Um, I think obviously there's going to have been a lot of focus on defending this week and making sure that we're a bit tighter at the back. And um, I think Liverpool might find it tough to break us down, but I think they will eventually because they just have so much talent in there. So I am going to sadly go for a 2-0 win to Liverpool, um, which obviously by Nick logic means that we're going to win the game comfortably. Excellent. Um, I mean, it would be incredible, obviously, to go there and get a fourth win in a row at Anfield. Um, as Fazan said, there will be the first ones to do it, certainly in the Premier League era. Um, I remember looking last season trying to see if we would be the first team to go down and win three in a row in the league um, uh, I remember looking back and not seeing I think it was Everton like Everton had a number on them really really early in the last century but other than that you know Anfield I mean well Nick for you growing up what was Anfield like as a place to go you just never nobody won there right nobody I mean they were they were the the best team they were the Real Madrid of their time but in English football you know with the Soonesses and the Douglishes and you know Rushes up front they they you know Arsenal were known known as the Invincibles but the reality is I think that team of that era it was they were the Invincibles well um so it's a prediction of losses across the board. Um, <laughs> I think that they have more chances of coming in than um, last last week's three victories across the board. So we'll yeah. obviously know by next week's show. Um, right next up, we have a message from the review show. Over to you, Hambo. Hey everybody, it's Chris Hamling from The Review Show. We go live at 8pm every Sunday reviewing the latest game. Do join us for that. It's much better than this preview show you've just listened to because we go live and you include, we include all the mistakes and fumbles just like that mistake I made just then. Unlike Terence, who gets to edit out all the crap that he does and the boring things that he says. But you know, other than that, he does a reasonable job. I'm, I'm sure it passes the time uh, in, in a slightly better way than doing nothing. So congratulations to Terence and uh, join us Sunday. I have no idea what Hambo's talking about there. We start recording this um, preview podcast in second one, and then 40 minutes later, we we finish recording, and it goes from A to Z just like that. Isn't that right, Mr. Philpott? All day long, it's seamless right way through from start to finish. You never find any gaps in our show. Obviously, and Mr. Tim Warren over there, you'll back that up, won't you? Oh, of course, yeah. It's uh, like clockwork on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Um, Time to say thank you to Fazan from the Cop uh, Table podcast. Some very insightful stuff from him up in the show earlier. Um, Mr. Warren and Mr. Phil Potts, thank you for um, making this show as good as it is. Our pleasure, mate. Yeah, pleasure. It's not really that good, is it? No. <laughs> Rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> and, um, I am going to enjoy the rest of my holiday and forget about all things red and blue until I get back early Saturday morning and head up to Anfield where I am going to witness Crystal Palace well play play a game do do mm. do a 
football match. <laughs> anyway, safe trip up to Anfield, everyone. Yes, indeed. Until next week, up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.